Welcome to Two Guys Five Movies. This is one of your co-hosts, Chris Gasper. This is Frank Pelicone. You are listening to episode 56 of The Spin Chagrin, and last week's category was Bizarre Hooligans. So, Frank, what kind of hooligans did you come up with, and um, how bizarre are they? Um, They range from minorly bizarre to pretty bizarre, I would say. Okay. Um, we're actually going to talk about two different movies this evening. Uh, one movie is a cheap movie. And the first time that I've actually cheated in this respect, I think in the entire spin chagrin where I'm just going to talk about a movie I've already seen before, just because I want to talk about it. Okay. And I'll never know what list it makes. Um, and I really want to, you know, get it in here. So I'm going to cheat and just put it on this list. And it's got hooligans in it. Uh-huh. And then another movie that I have been meaning to watch for a couple of years and actually started to watch briefly once and then fell asleep. Um, but I made it through, and it's got some some pretty weird fucking uh, hooligans. So okay, and they're hooligans in the truest sense of the word, kind of. So, so the first movie we're going to discuss is 1973's The Candy Snatchers, um, directed by Gerdon Trueblood. Um, it's got I don't know some minor B actors from like the early 70s in it that aren't really worth talking about. So the premise is that. Um, Andy is this uh, 16-year-old Catholic schoolgirl who's walking home from school and hitching rides to get home from school. And this trio of ne'er-do-wells, these hooligans, one might mm-hmm. say, pull up in a van wearing um, Groucho Marx-like glasses with noses and mustaches and stuff, okay. like the standard funny nose glass disguise thing. And they kidnap this woman, young girl, whatever. And they're real creepy about it. Um, and it's this uh, chubby guy who looks like he belongs on like um, oh, what's that fucking show with uh, John Travolta from the 70s. Um, welcome back, Cotter. Yeah, yeah welcome back, Cotter. Mm-hmm. Um, it's like a Franklin, Texas Chainsaw type. Sort of, sure. That's fine. That's a good description. Then this moderately attractive, crazy blonde who's kind of like the leader. And then this guy that looks like um, something out of the Partridge family who talks about being a psychopath and how he's like murdered 12 people and blah, blah, blah. Okay. So their plan is that this is the daughter of a man who's the manager, not the owner, mind you, but the manager of a jewelry store where there's a lot of diamonds. And their plan is that they're going to ransom her to him for a million dollars in diamonds. Um, So what they do is they take her up to this hill overlooking like, who knows, some valley in California, right? Okay. Um, They bury her alive in this coffin with a tube in it so she can breathe. Hmm. And they leave her there so they can go down and like get the ransom. But while they're burying her, there's an autistic kid watching them do it. This like little blonde autistic kid who's actually the son of the director. Hmm. And he starts harassing her by throwing dirt down the tube at her face. And she's freaking out. But he's autistic and he can't talk. Um, So he goes back down to like his mother is down at the bottom of the hill and she's ringing a cowbell, like a giant cowbell calling him home. Okay. Because like I say, you call an autistic kid home. <laughs> um, and then she starts like hitting them and yelling at him and basically like calling him retarded mm. and how they have to go meet his father's boss and he better not fuck it up for him. Um, okay. So then, you, so then you find out that the stepfather or that the father of the girl, Candy, is actually her stepfather and he hates her and hates her mother and the only reason that he married her mother is because if she dies before she turns 21 they're rich and he gets to inherit a million dollars from them if Mm. she doesn't make it to 21 years old he doesn't have a plan to kill her he's just kind of hoping she dies like this is his long con he's just kind of hoping that maybe she dies before she's 21 so he can get this money okay so that's why he married the mother um Mm -hmm. So okay. there's this really funny song, like when they're kidnapping Candy, 
Um, I guess that they thought that they were making like, I don't know, like a movie like um, Midnight Cowboy or something. Okay. I mean, so one of the greatest things about movies from the 70s, in all honesty, is everyone has like a custom soundtrack where someone's singing a song about the movie that's very mm-hmm. like specific to things happening in the movie. So like that was one of the best parts about Whiskey Mountain was the song about Whiskey Mountain. Right. Where they were singing about Whiskey Mountain and how you gonna lose your lose your um lose your love on Whiskey Mountain. Right. You should stay away from Whiskey Mountain. And then those things happen, right? Right. So in this the song goes Love is the root. No, wait. Is it hold on, I gotta look it up now. I was all prepared to sing the song and I fucked it up. Money is the root of all happiness. At least that's how the old story goes. And I was thinking, like, no, that's not. That's not how the old story goes. <laughs> it's whatever. Like money is the root of all root evil. of all evil or something, right? But it's not all happiness. So it's this like wispy ass fucking um, folk singer, like. like singing the song about this shit and it's just that's the whole song (laughs) he thinks he's like fucking bob dylan or something (laughs) anyway so the kidnappers are like they call they (laughs) it's so fucking convoluted so the kidnappers one of them the big fucking welcome back cotter guy he spies on the um stepfather stepfather's name is avery by the way and then the girl, she calls him and she's like, hey, we got your step. We got your daughter. You need to drop these diamonds off on this car that we parked on the side of the road here. Then fucking Partridge, he comes and he leaves a note in the door and then he runs away. And then the father comes outside and he sees the note and he reads it. And he's like all quizzical, Avery. He's like, hmm. So then he just goes and like flirts with his assistant. And goes to her house to fuck her and never goes to, like, drop off the money. Like, he takes the diamonds out of the safe. Mm-hmm. He never goes to drop them off. Mm. So the three kidnappers are on top of a hill with binoculars. And they're, like, pretending to be bird watchers. Like, this is their cover. <laughs> but they're watching the, the car. And they're like, oh, it's been, it's, he's ten minutes late. And they're like, oh, let's give him a little bit more time. Right. And then finally, like, they turn around because they're, like, pretending to be bird watchers. Like, oh, my God, maybe we missed them. So they turn back around. And then like Cotter runs down there, but there's they didn't drop he didn't drop off the diamonds because he's with his mistress. We all know that, so they get all mad. So they go back and they dig candy up out of the ground, and they're like, "We're gonna kill her." What? And like we got to show that we're serious. Let's cut off her ear, and we're going to um, send her ear to her father so he knows that we mean business. So she's like, meh, meh, like screaming. And they're like, ah, we're just funning you. We're not going to cut off your ear. We know a guy that works at a hospital. We're just going to get a corpse's ear and pretend like it's yours. So that happens. And they go. And there's this dude working at um, uh, working at the hospital. And the blonde girl is like, hey, man, um, I know that you sell body parts sometimes. Can we get near? And he was like, how much would you pay me for a near? And they're like, I don't know, $10. And he said, $10. I just sold a finger for $35. And they're like, 35, that's awful steep. And so he starts walking with them and he starts singing the song that goes, and he's worth more than a finger. I think ears got to be more, more than a finger. It's got to be worth more than a finger. So then the blonde girl starts trying to sing with them, like trying to like scat. And she's like, we'll give you $50. So they agree on like 50 or 60 bucks. Can't remember for an year. So they go into the morgue and the first thing they open, he like pulls the sheets off of like these two old men. They're like, this isn't going to work. We need like a woman's ear and it's got to be relatively young. So they eventually like cut the ear off and put it in a bag. But Cotter has fallen in love with this girl. Now, mind you, he's like a 30-some-year-old man because he's a Vietnam vet because they talk about that. Mm. Um, Social commentary, yeah. But he's, like, holding her and, like, being all loving towards her and he wants to... 
um, like save her because he thinks that everybody's going to murder her. So they come back to the house and they have the year. And um, Partridge is like, I'm going to go sleep in the van and take the year with me. And then um, Blondie goes into the bathroom to freshen up. And then Cotter rapes her for no reason. He just goes in there and does it. Rapes who? Candy or the blonde? No, 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 the blonde. the, the The bad girl. Bad, the the leader of the thing all right and she regresses in some like childlike state because she has some kind of trauma associated with her okay so he rapes her and then they never talk about that again that just happened um so then you find out that this is around the time when avery reveals about the whole thing with um he's gonna get a million dollars if she doesn't live to her 21st birthday all right. So they're like, well, we got to do something. So they go to Avery's house where her mother is and Partridge seduces her mother. And I guess like fucks her. I don't know. That's implied mm. that that happened. Okay. And he's like, he's like, you got to forget about us, baby. You can't remember we were here. She was like, I'll never forget you. He's like, listen, you got to stop saying that you got to forget about us. Um, Because like, we we were never here she's like oh no i'll never forget you so he stabs her to death so then avery comes home and how does this go avery comes home and he shoots partridge in the face and at this point they reveal that partridge and blondie were like brother and sister which i didn't know the whole time so maybe i wasn't paying good attention although this is like the fifth time i've watched this movie Okay. Um uh then Blondie and Cotter try to flee. Oh no, I'm sorry, Cotter shoots Avery and Avery falls over and then they try and flee. But then Avery comes out again with a gun and shoots and ends up killing Blondie. And then Cotter kills him and goes back to dig up um candy because he's in love with candy and he wants to save her Uh and when he gets there um the little autistic boy has stolen his father's gun and shoots cotter (laughs) and kills him and then is like bye-bye and waves bye-bye to candy's like in the in her coffin and leaves and then you hear the cow under the cowbell starts ringing that's why he leaves so then he goes downstairs and you hear him shoot his mother presumably and that's the end of the movie like fade to black so there's this really funny scene where um the autistic kid like they've taken candy out of her her coffin she's in the house now this like house is under construction where they have her buried Uh and the autistic kid is upstairs and he's like peeping down at them talking to her like through the ceiling but then he makes a floorboard squeak so they all try and go upstairs to get him because they didn't see him. They just heard it. So he escapes out of the out of the building. And they see a cat and they're like, oh, it's just a cat. Ha ha. But Candy had told him before they had gotten home that he needs to call the police. So he goes back to his room and into his toy box where he's got a talking police like doll. Uh-huh. That when he pulls the string, it says, oh, burn up. It's the police or something like that. Mm-hmm. So for some reason he calls a delicatessen in New York, and there's this like old Jewish man that's like, "What do you want? You want the pastrami?" And he like he like pulls the string, and he's like, "Oh, what idea? Call him for the police that the good boy is down at the station. You wanted the pastrami." Jesus. And it just it just goes on for a while until finally he calls him like a fuckhead and hangs up on him. <gasps> um, and the kid really is a fuckhead. And then there's another really funny scene where the father comes home the kid's father and you find out that they have to go out to dinner with the kid's father's boss um which they do and they're there and the kid's father is like trying to make a good impression and at one point when they're driving there's the, a pretty pretty long scene um where they're driving to the boss's house and the kid's mother is like 
You know what I hate the most? When you chew with your mouth open. It's so disgusting. And I thought she was talking to the kid, but she's definitely talking to the dad. Because mm. he's like, quit harassing me. Sure. I don't do it all the time. And then the kid, like, puts his hands on the dad's shoulders. And the dad, like, freaks out and almost gets an accident. He's like, don't fucking touch me. Don't ever <laughs> touch me again. So they go to the house of the boss. And the boss is like, um, like, Greek Santa Claus, kind of. Because he's got, like, this, like he's all sweaty and has like curly hair and a curly beard that's all white and he's holding the kid and he's like oh kids love me and they're like the mom's like he doesn't talk to anyone and the boss is like he doesn't talk and then he laughs like these close up like horrific shots like (laughs) his nose of him like laughing at this kid and the kid like not understanding what's going on but then I guess that costs um I guess that costs them the the dad the promotion. Mm. So he's like, "You stupid kid! You cost me the promotion. It's all I've been working for in my whole life." Um. So anyway, so what's the what's what's the takeaway from this movie? So is it the money is the, the root of all of happiness? Perfect, <laughs> right? Isn't that is what the, you're supposed to okay? So is the is the constant abuse of this child? verbally and somewhat physically what leads him to like stealing the gun and just killing all the people that are left over in the movie yes. you think? Okay. Which is fine. I mean the it's... people that he kills definitely deserve to die. Sure. Um this this feels like um this feels like something that a uh, Tarantino ripoff would try to do in like 1996 like this movie. Yes, except this happened in 1973. Right, right. It's very, you, know, you you can see, I mean, it definitely feels like a movie from the 70s, just the way that everything looks, the sets, yeah. the clothing. The kid is wearing a paisley jumper shirt with coveralls that have leather pockets on the front and the back. Mm. And he's got like this leaf garrison or whatever the fuck that guy's name is. <laughs> um haircut okay and he 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 looks like a monster like i'm not like i i hate to disparage a child and apparently like he went on to be a successful i guess like costume designer or special effects artist or something Hmm. um yeah he looks he 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 if he looks like the thing at the end of um don't look now like the monster oh, yeah, in Venice. Uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah. He's pretty creepy. And he's a murderer. <laughs> and a multiple murderer too. Right. Um, so yeah. So the candy snatchers. So maybe I didn't explain it um in a way that makes you think that you might want to see it. But let me tell you that this movie's really entertaining and pretty fucking funny at times um and honestly it's 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 moderately well acted and directed oh my god i forgot about the funniest part of the movie so part of their scheme to go drop off the ear is they have to steal a different car than their van so nobody can recognize their van so they find a van of a telephone repairman that's parked at this other house under construction and they they go upstairs and the telephone worker is there and Cotter's like, we're going to take your van, buddy. And he punches him. And the guy stands up and the guy's like a foot taller than him and just starts beating the shit out of him and then starts beating the shit out of um, uh, fucking Partridge. And it takes Blondie like hitting him repeatedly over the head with a two by four to bring him down. So mm. the guy's wearing a shirt that says Coors. It's what's for breakfast. <laughs> So they steal the van, but in the next scene, Cotter is sitting there um, wearing the shirt that says Coors is what's for breakfast. And he wears it for the rest of the movie. So not only did they beat this man up on the job and steal the man's van, but he also stole the man's shirt for no fucking reason. So Jeez. anyway, that, so- that made me laugh. Where, where is is this on like Arrow or something? It feels like it's on Arrow. Oh, absolutely not. I bought it on DVD. Oh, okay. Gotcha. I actually have bought it twice on DVD, but I couldn't find the first one, so I just bought it again. Okay. 
um well it sounds like an experience um definitely um definitely an experience very very enjoyable movie with some really funny stuff okay i swear all day today i was like money is the root of all happiness that is, that is a thing that uh i miss um the, how many movies does that actually work in with a song being written for the movie kind of yeah like when work in the sense that it actually works it's not just kind of funny like whiskey mountain or this does it ever work really i don't know i think midnight cowboy's fine maybe Uh, yeah but i mean that song yeah I mean that's a pretty pretty classic song, right? Sure. So it has to reach the level of classic, do you think, in order to be accepted? I know there's another really good. It's also just a, it's working. also a little generic too. It could be applied. You could put that in many different movies. I think that it's Nielsen, true. Harry Nilsson song. Midnight Cowboy is also buoyed by a just fantastic score in general. Sure. And the fact that they play that song so much and it's so many different times that mm-hmm. it's like, I don't know, it almost becomes uh, like an anthem or. Yeah, kind of like this weird, like mantra type thing. Yeah. Kind of a key to his own, like, inner turmoil. Mm-hmm. Um, yep. Yeah. So that's the only really time I can think that it's, that it's worth that it. It works. Yeah. Envoy, right? Hmm. Hmm. Yeah. Or you know, actually, the best example is fucking um, Smokey and the Bandit theme. It definitely works there. He's bounded down, loaded yeah, up. Yeah, I suppose you're right. We gonna do what they say can't be done. I mean, that song is 100 percent about just exactly what's happening in the movie. Sure. We had a long, we had a long way to go and a short time to get there, but they're they're going to do it, right? Because you they know, are. Smokey. They are. I, I don't think I try to ever think about Smokey and the Bandit, but yeah, you're you right. Should think about it more often. <laughs> so anyway, so that's the Candy Snatchers. What's the chagrin score? I mean, I love the movie, so I mean, I would say it's like a two. Mm. But in the reality of like the real world it's probably like a six or seven i guess mm. it's got a cult following i i don't know anybody else has ever seen it honestly mm. um it got a release on vinegar syndrome that's why i repurchased it so gotcha i mean that means that somebody has paid attention to it and enjoys it but right yeah the woman that played um that plays the main villain lady um apparently hated it and regretted being in it um her like for the rest of her life like basically called it a like that it was such a bad idea and she only did it for money and Mm. um she's i mean she's naked in it obviously when she gets raped um she had been in playboy prior to that and i guess like that's what got her the attention to me in this movie and then she hated being in it so much um so Yeah. yeah i mean I wonder if she uh, regrets being in an episode of Mannix. No, she had a pretty decent television career after that. Hmm. There's one thing I can't stand, and it's when you eat with your mouth open. Oh, my God. That woman is so shrill. The fucking mother. The problem is that there's, like, not a single likable character in the whole movie. Like, everyone is a scumbag. Without exception. Like, even the little autistic kid who you're really supposed to kind of um, sympathize with. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, terrible. He's a horrible human. <laughs> right. Oh. Ready for the next one? Yeah, I was, it's, it is funny, like, how everybody complained in the past, like, 20 years, how everything's a crime show on TV. But it's like, she had guest stars on the Mod Squad. Mannix, Barnaby Jones, Ironside. Like, it was always all cop shows, like, right. or private investigator shows. It's always been that way. Sure. Murder, She Wrote, Columbo. Right. Yeah. Even shit like um, Quantum Leap and stuff was about solving crimes. Sure. 
It just was doing it in a crazy right. way. Oh shit! Even fucking like Fantasy Island and the Love Boat right. stuff had yeah. elements yeah. of crime solving or mystery to them. Yeah, right. right. Magnum PI. Right. But the the show that um actually the star of our next film um began his career with. Yeah, hit that segue. Yeah, see, it works. <laughs> um, we're gonna talk about Nomads. Um, which is a fuck hold on i gotta find the name of the show it's like sharky's machine no remington steel so nomads mm. stars um pierce brosnan leslie Ann down um directed by john mctiernan hmm. okay which is one of those guys that i only ever think of directing one movie <laughs> right. um but he's directed many movies. Yeah, yeah. And this is one of them. Yes. Um. So this is a weird ass fucking movie that is billed as horror, but to be honest with you, it has very little actual horror in it. I would call it horror in the same way that like the smooth criminal video would be called horror, kind of. <laughs> or um. Black is is black or white the Michael Jackson video where he's like stomping on the car. Yeah, I think so. In the Is street, it? yeah. I think that's I think that's right. Anyway, it doesn't matter. It's like that. black and white's the one with Macaulay Culkin in it, right? Yeah, that's the yeah. one where there's the extended one that. Oh that yeah, 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 yeah. Uh-huh. During the yeah. Super Bowl halftime show, right? right. They showed it. And yep, he's yep. like stomping on the car. Yeah. So anyway, so the movie opens with Pierce Brosnan dying in a hospital and freaking out and screaming things in French, and this nurse rushes there. She's a doctor. I'm sorry, I don't want to disparage her fucking schooling um this doctor rushes in and pierce brosnan like basically attacks her and passes something into her so the remaining movie takes place with her living life forward through pierce brosnan's memories backwards kind of okay or he's also going forward but from a much earlier time so she keeps reliving moments so what you find out is that Pierce Brosnan, I'm going to make this truncated, by the way. I'm not going to go into how fucking insane some of this movie is. We'll talk about okay. some key scenes. Pierce Brosnan is an anthropologist who studies nomads. Mm-hmm. So, and he's French, mind you. So this is your oh. first suspension of disbelief is that British-ass Pierce Brosnan is a Frenchman. Okay. He's, got a, he's got a big beard and a hairy chest, so that's what makes him French, I guess. Uh-huh. Um, and he's with his French wife and... They've moved to San Francisco, maybe, or something, somewhere on the West Coast. Maybe it's in, like, Seattle or somewhere. Anyway, they moved somewhere. Um, Los Angeles, I guess, is where it is. So, he's an anthropologist that's been, like, obsessed with nomads. And he's kind of like run afoul i guess of him in a way because of like the spiritual nature of like nomadic tribes so they moved to los angeles with this idea that he's gonna like they're gonna start this new life and whatever and he starts seeing this group of punks on like the street driving this black van and these punks are led by adam Ant. like if you're familiar with who adam Ant is yeah Goody two shoes, Adam Ant. Like you don't drink. Like the real Adam Ant. Yes, like it's okay. actually Adam Ant. Oh yeah, there he is. Role. Okay, I see him. All right. Yeah. So this group of punks, he keeps seeing them all over the place, and he becomes obsessed with them. Now, mind you, at the same time, you're getting flash forwards to Leslie Ann Down, like freaking out all over the place. Uh huh. And then the people that know Leslie Ann Down, like looking for her because she's disappeared. Okay. So the movie will just like repeatedly cut with no warning between the past and the future and the present all at the same time. And you never know like what you're watching. So you could be what anyway, fucking McTiernan. <laughs> so he tracks them for a while and he like realizes that um that they're basically like modern day urban nomads. And he's all, all right. freaked out by it. So he's following them at one point and he comes upon him, and this is where the fucking black or white um, comparison comes in. Mm-hmm. 
and they're dancing in the street you know because they're 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 punk nomads they're out okay. like uh-huh. they're dancing at night because that's what they do uh-huh. they dance dance on the street yeah so they catch him so he's got his camera and the one woman gets up on a car and she starts dancing and he's taking her picture like yeah baby shake it shake it baby and that's and then it ends and then he goes home and he's like freaking out because he's like oh my god his, his wife's like where have you been for two days and he's like it's nomads baby nomads <laughs> all over again and i think they're these inuit spirits that are tricksters mm. and like lead people to their death and then you realize that all the pictures he takes of the nomads they don't show up on like film mm. so so he's like taking a picture of them dancing oh yeah because they're always dancing right and the only the the best part about the whole movie is at one point they're chasing them so he goes into this building that happens to just be open like the doors open and he like slips inside and it's a nunnery or some shit and there's a nun there and the nun is blind and she keeps making jokes about how the power's off but it doesn't matter because she can't see she can't see shit so she knows his name and it's like oh what's going on here so she starts talking about how he should have just left well enough alone and he shouldn't have followed the nomads or whatever and they're gonna take his soul and he's like what can i do and she's like you can just run like you need to run now and get far away and then there's a whole bunch of nuns like running past them like ghost nuns that's actually a pretty effective scene only effective scene in the whole movie Mm. so then he goes home and he fucks his wife um so you can get some nudity in this movie right um and then he wakes up in the morning and he's like freaking out and he goes to the window and he looks out and he sees like the nomad's van and he turns around and he's leslie and down all of a sudden Mm. and she's like been naked in bed with his wife and it's implied that i guess they had sex okay and the wife thinks that leslie and down was having sex with him but then i guess they come to realize through exchange of information that that's not true that she's possessed with his like memories so then the nomads come and then now there's like a hundred of them and they're breaking into the house and they're just dancing all over the place like in this house like trying to catch a catch them <laughs> and so they run upstairs and they hide in the attic and the nomad like dancing mary i think is her name the one that was like on top of the car she breaks mm-hmm. in and she's like shaking her shoulders <laughs> and looking at him but then she just disappears and so then it's nighttime so they go downstairs and the nomads have like i just wish everybody could see these dances that oh, Frank yeah, is performing um graffitied all over the wall and they're like oh shit so the power's out so they go and they get in the car and they're driving away and leslie ann down says to frenchy no matter what happens don't stop and don't look at what you see and there's a motorcyclist driving up next to him and they look out the window and oh shit it's pierce brosnan with his beard and his he's wearing like aviator goggles and they both scream and they drive away and he's parked on the side of the road and he looks after him and he now now he's wearing like a necklace and a leather vest and he's got like a chain around his his wrist and he turns around and drives away because now he's a nomad and that's the end of nomads Mm. oh and at one point the the other doctor who works with leslie and down who's like her best friend who spends the whole movie looking for her because she's disappeared she's like hey i'm i know where you i'm you're at you're at this house i'm gonna come pick you up and leslie and down is like no no just leave me alone she's like no i'm like five minutes down the road i'll be right there so she starts driving over and dancing mary she's on the side of the she's in the median selling flowers and dancing like with her flowers and she leans in the window and the friend is like um no i'm okay i don't need any flowers and dancing mary she leans in the window a little more and she's like lady i'm telling you i don't need any flowers then dancing mary she's like kind of like climbing in the car and she's like bitch get the fuck away from me and then you see that um uh adam ant he's dancing on the other side of the car and he gets in and she's like get the fuck out of my car and she starts driving away and he's like like he's doing like back to the future skateboarding like hanging out the side of the car yeah and she's like get the fuck out of my car and then she drives into a tractor trailer and it's presumed that she dies but she can't kill the nomads because the nomads are inuit tricksters right right i mean all that dancing they gotta be tricksters they are they're tricky 
They don't they they live off the grid, man. This is like this is like the movie where off the grid was coined, I think. Because they're talking about like they don't have jobs, they don't take showers, they don't go to the grocery store. They just live in this unmarked, unregistered van in parking lots all over the world. They're the modern day nomads. Mm. Yeah. Right. Um, so uh, this 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 it made me laugh a whole lot, and Pierce Brosnan with a French accent is like fucking hilarious. Uh-huh. This is actually Pierce Brosnan's first like real like quote unquote movie <clears throat> after um Remington Steel. Remington Steel. Yeah. Um, it was basically like this was his thing where he his first like full length starring role. Um, there's parts where like that. There's these cut. There's a couple scenes where McTiernan films it in this really interesting way of like, um, I guess kind of like super rack focus, where like the only thing that's clear is the character in the middle of the screen, and everything else is just like, um, fuzzy, like like fuzzy and misty kind of looking mm-hmm. to create this dreamlike experience, um. Because he's like he's constantly switching back and forth between the perspective of Leslie and Down and Pierce Brosnan, and um, it's fucking beautiful. Like it looks really nice, mm. and it's like you forget for a minute how fucking stupid um, the movie is that you're watching. And then there's the other part where, um, like he's in the place with the nuns and there's just like the general atmosphere of it and the idea of like these like wandering spirits that kind of just go to places because what they say is they they go to places where great tragedies have happened but i don't know if they ever tell you what great tragedy happened in los angeles except for the fact that it's just california um but it's pretty fucking like there's a lot of really cool stuff in it but in the end, it's just like so dumb and so weird that it doesn't end up uh, yeah. being very successful. So, yeah. But it's funny; makes you laugh. <laughs> so, I don't know if you need to give this an official score or what's your chagrin score. This would be a definite seven. Yeah. It's so it like that feels like way too high. It could because there's there's talent there. You know, it's not like Pierce Brosnan's a bad actor and. Leslie Undown is a fine actor, and sure. uh, McTiernan's a good director, you know. And again, there's some really interesting ideas in it, but it's just like Leslie Ann Down went to school with some people that were anthropologists, and she calls them with like this thing that Pierce Brosnan was saying when he died. And there's this fucking deus ex machina where right. at the exact time that the friend is like searching um for her in her apartment the anthropologist that when she went to college with her calling her with like an exact rundown of who these fucking nomads are and what this word means and what they do so you don't have to have any real like exposition outside of that it's just kind of you know that's it like it's yeah it's it's real fucking lean (laughs) that's I still don't know if I fully understand like the plot of that movie completely, but there's nomads, man, and they're all over the place, right? And, and they're dancing, right? They're actually Inuit spirits, tricksters. and they're Inuit tricksters, and they're right. dancing. And Adam Ant's one of them. He is. He's he's the leader of them, and he you can tell he's the leader because he's got the most bandanas tied around his wrist, <laughs> and makes the most like sexy faces when the camera's on him, right? Leslie and Down dated Bruce Bruce Robinson, the direct wrote and directed with Nail and I for like ten years, and then That's married right. William Freakin for three years, and then had an affair with Don E. Fontelroy. Um, Little Lord Fontelroy, <laughs> who was a cinematographer and director himself, who uh, collaborated with Victor Salva, um, on four different films, including um. The Jeepers, Jeepers Creepers, Creepers. Yeah, the first two G, and then went on to direct Steven Seagal films in the 2010s, um, like 2000, 2010s. 
so here's stuff. another interesting fact about um yeah so this movie is produced by um cassian Uls, who is carrie Uls' brother hmm. i didn't even know existed i didn't either Oh my god. So Rotten Tomatoes is a 36% Nomads is a 36% on Rotten Tomatoes and a 37% audience score. So the dancing must have not rubbed off well on anyone. No. The the, the most hilarious thing in on is the wiki page. The guy from um the Globe and Mail had to take a shot in his review of um Nomads at Blood Simple where he described Nomads as a breathlessly unself-conscious film. Parentheses, there is none of the self-congratulatory stylization of Blood Simple. It's like, man, you took a stance and and you chose Nomads over Blood Simple. Oh, Mary Warnov is um, the dancing woman. That's pretty interesting. That's, uh, she's a uh, part of, uh... She's part of the Warhol. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Really, um really prominent like underground artist from the 70s right she's in so many things yeah she's um got the race 2000 right yeah she's in that yeah um i knew i recognized her name um yeah she's in lost shit yeah she's in some water stuff too i think yeah she's uh let's see very manly eating raul um Night of the Comet. Okay. Chopping Mall. I don't remember her and Dick Tracy. Didn't you watch Dick Tracy in the past few years? No, that was someone else. Okay. I cannot watch Dick Tracy again. Yeah, I don't think I can either. She's in Highlander of the series. What? I'll have to look that up later. That's going to be two. That's gonna oh, Terravision, Warlock. Watchers 2. Damn, she's in so many. Movies. Yeah, she's in a lot of shit. Yeah. Oh, she's in The Devil's Rejects and House of the Devil. Right. Oh, she is Mrs. Owen. Oh, yeah. Huh. Yeah, she's good in that. Yeah, she is good in that. Um, let's talk about John McTiernan real quick. So this is a directorial debut. What a hit, hit and miss career this is. Um, so, top three McTiernan movies are Predator, Die Hard, and Die Hard with a Vengeance. Is that correct? Uh, sure. Let me then, look at his filmography. And then what? Hunt for Red October 4th? Hmm. It's Die Hard, Predator, Die Hard with a Vengeance. Uh, Medicine Man is fine, right? No. Sean Connery movie? Uh -uh. I don't like that movie. I I mean, I just think it's bland and lame. I actually am a fan of Last Action Hero. It's a terrible movie, but it's got some some really ridiculous set pieces in it. Yeah, I'd have to watch that as an adult, I think, because I think as a child expecting a certain thing, it is not the thing that I got, that movie, but I might appreciate it more when I'm older. I mean, it's not good, but... Right. Um, I'm expecting an Arnold Schwarzenegger movie at 13 when it comes out, though, like, not that... Not like a self-aware kind of half-meta thing. Mm. Oh, it's what Rollerball, Jesus. That's bad. The original or the one from like 2000? He did the 2002 one. Yeah, that one's terrible. Yeah. Thomas Crown Affair. That movie's got Renee Russo's nipples. It does. It does. That's the one redeeming thing about it. Um, Yeah. He's he's got three movies that are... um, pretty top tier action so oh all right so you want to spin this wheel and yeah let's do it get... all right let's... 
It's a full moon. That's the category. It's it's just for any full moon um, production. What if I make do a movie about cows? The capital F and a capital M on moon. I can't see that. I can see it right here in front of me. Mm. So yeah. Well, that's easy enough. Right. I got like six things on my queue on Tubi sure. right now. Something you like. Easy peasy week. Mm-hmm. I never have to watch Nomads again. Um, I think that is the only like full moon like category. But there's all kinds of other things. Um. <clears throat> some of these fucking categories um all right so full moon production next week you watch anything else this week did i did i yeah well yes you did we all i definitely did on saturday yeah like different things oh yeah i watched um wakanda forever and i watched uh something else on saturday i can't remember what but yeah, that's the only thing I remember. I don't know. I I'm I'm really bad about remembering things that I've watched, but I've watched multiple things. Mm-hmm. I thought you watched like three, maybe one on the <clears throat> movie on Saturday. I thought you watched like multiple things Saturday. Well, I watched um, I watched Candy Snatchers yesterday, mm-hmm. and I watched Nomads today. Uh, I did. What else did I watch? I watched yeah, a couple I other horror movies. I watched a movie called um. blood frenzy i think that almost made this because it also has bizarre hooligans in it Hmm. um but then i didn't want to talk about it and i watched uh some other b-grade horror movie i can't remember what anyway yeah really upset that there's a movie called the invitation from this from this year on netflix right now it's a horror movie right it's going to take attention away from the actual invitation it's good and the invitation from the 19 late 1970s that i love which one's that have i seen that well it was i think that's what it's called you didn't put that on any kind of list oh no no no. (laughs) 73 maybe no that's a swiss film Seventy-five, maybe. No, there's one here called the Invitation. Is it a crime film? Yeah, I guess that's it. It's like a sex exploitation movie. Mm, gotcha. Yeah. Old er- mobster Ernie Pulaski. I know. Hires hires hot shot stud Jerry Sloan as a talent scout for his white slavery racket. Right awesome oh all right do you have anything else you want to talk about i don't know you're the one supposed to think of things things yeah bees (laughs) as last week (laughs) um i i i mean i don't have any food chat i can give an update on last week's food chat is that uh frank's although then he criticized me and told me i was doing it wrong but um his his honey in hot water with the bourbon um trick helped me um because good trick they're serendipitous that it came that the advice came when it did last week um helped me with my sore throat and sinuses some um I'm going to try in the next two weeks. Um, well, no, that wasn't the honey, right? That was the macaroni conversation. Hey, macaroni. <laughs> um, but I'm going to try um, like pulled barbecue chicken 
and macaroni here. Next nice. Week. That was yeah. That was macaroni and cheese conversation. Yes. Yeah. Did he, did was it Orion that asked us about the macarena on Saturday? It was. And if people yes. were still dancing the macarena, yes. Yeah. Because he was if, watching. <laughs> if anyone knows, oh right, because he was watching a wedding wedding video from like 1995. Right. If anyone has danced the macarena in the last 10 years, please comment below. Yeah, I'd like to know on whatever ether you're listening to this. Right. And I'll see it after like seven days. He'll never see it. Right, Frank will tell me. Right, I, I, I one day. Right, I'm just going, just gonna go to bed. I'm not gonna look at shit. <laughs> um, no, I don't have anything. That's why I was asking if you watch anything that was interesting. Um, I, I mean, I thought Wakanda Forever was interesting, but yeah. you haven't seen it yet, so we can't talk about it. Um, yeah, I thought Wakanda Forever was a super mixed bag, like. Yeah, it was just all over the place. I'll watch it this week. Yeah, I don't know. Uh, I, I got nothing going on in my life. I have new food chat for this week. Um, I have food chats planned. You're so boring. Intermixed throughout. What'd you, what'd you have for dinner tonight? I I haven't eaten. You haven't eaten dinner? No. Have you eaten anything today? Pretzels. You're so ridiculous. Um, no, Monday's the day that we do this. Like, I'm I'm at work all day. Bernie doesn't get home until like seven o'clock. Um, I usually talk to my mother in the evenings. I got out of it tonight by saying that, like, having been sick and then going in and teaching those classes, I was exhausted. That got me out of one night. Um, and so then I was able to kind of relax. Um, uh, before we did this mm. and, um, but then in the interim of all that like uh, no I didn't eat except for some pretzels that's it what'd you eat tonight um, I made hamburger <laughs> steaks with roasted okay. potatoes and a salad and um, I made a onion and mushroom gravy in the drippings from the hamburger steaks Mm. and it was pretty delicious nice um okay and hamburger steaks are not salisbury steaks so everyone can go fuck themselves because does i don't need salisbury steak. like gravy on it hey, like the, hey those hamburger steaks what i just say <laughs> conversation's over <laughs> i did make ziti yesterday nice. um and because I'm lactose intolerant, like I can't do like ricotta, like and stuff like that. So I've usually like done like a tofu and like did stuff to like make kind of like a creaminess, like a consistency of like ricotta. Um, but then I forgot uh, to get tofu at the store, so I made a um, to give it some like more creaminess. I just made a I had parmesan like shredded cheese. And I made a cheese sauce and like poured that into the center of the ziti. Um, Brandy said it turned out well. So I guess that's a win. I don't think anything I fix ever turns out well, really. So um, it's funny that you use the term fix. What do you mean? It's very um, hmm. incorrect, insincere. No, um, no, no. It's very um I'm trying to think of a way to say this without being like super insulting. Uh-huh. Uh prosaic maybe or quaint, I guess. Like I don't even remember using the term fix. What did I say fix? About? Oh, you say fix all the time whenever you're talking about making something. Oh, okay. Like if you're making food, you're going to fix it. Gotcha. Right. I it's, think that it's, comes from my grandmother. Right, it's very it's 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 very country, you know. That's my my people from the south. Right. Right. I was trying to think of a way to say that without being mean. Right. Um let me all right, I I I got some I got some food chat. So people from the Midwest are fucked. And they got all kinds of weird shit that they do, right? But here's some weird shit. I think you and I have talked about this before, but we were talking about this today at work. So in Indiana, they will make a a they'll make chili mm -hmm. and with their chili they will eat 
a peanut butter sandwich, peanut butter and white bread, and they will dip that peanut butter sandwich in their chili while they eat it. How do you feel about that? I'd try it. I did. I, I did try mm-hmm. before. Well, the first time they brought it up, this is like okay. like a year plus ago. Okay. It's not disgusting in the sense that like you're like you know or whatever, but there ain't nothing good about it, and there's no point. It's just like you've wasted two things that are fine on their own, right? Yeah, I, I that's that's how I would guess. Like my, it would be like it would be like I'm gonna dip my pizza crust in this ice cream. Ugh, like no motherfucker. Those two things are fine separately. Like, you don't need to mess things right. up by mixing them together. Right. But I've come to decide that the Midwest is a place of like fucking ridiculous heathens and I don't know. It's like the Florida of the plains or whatever. So I mean yeah, I don't I don't think it would be discussed. But I don't see where it would add anything to either of those. It doesn't. There's no two. point in it. Ridiculous. Right. And so, and the I other, love both of those things. But the other day we were at lunch, and I told this woman, I said, I was, I said that somebody was a weirdo, and I was like, but being a weirdo is not like the worst thing in the world because everybody can be a little bit weird sometimes. And she's like, not me. I'm never weird. And I said, what a ridiculous statement. I was like, you're weird all the time. And so I started bringing up all this stuff, and then today I remember the peanut butter thing, and I brought that up, and I got everyone to say that she was a weirdo, and she got upset. But she is a fucking weirdo. I don't know. Don't be weird. I, I mean, I think that's a cultural thing. I don't know if that's like weirdness. Anything is weird taken out of context. So yeah. if you're not in the land where the context makes sense, <laughs> then it's weird. Let, let's not follow that logic out like too far. <laughs> um, Why? If that were the general rule of thumb, <laughs> then. Um, I, I I don't know how that ends up. Um, you know what? When I was in Thailand, I ate fucking uh bugs. You know, uh huh. And it was common practice over there, so I ate it right. because they were delicious. Sure. And when I tell people, they're like, "Oh my god, that's so weird." But is it right. really weird? I was just in a different country. But to people here, it's weird to eat bugs. Like nobody wants to eat a bug, but I liked it, and it was delicious. Fuck you. So it is, but it is weird, right? Like if if I was over here, I wouldn't just pick a bug up off the ground and eat it, right? But there, I paid eighty baht for like a whole handful <laughs> of bugs. Okay, paid money for those bugs. How much is eighty baht? Dollar something? Nah, like two dollars. Okay. Oh, like two dollars, uh, two dollars and like forty cents, roughly. So what? What's some other weird stuff that you heard? I can't remember. She calls a potluck, right? Yeah. A carry-in. Yeah, I never heard that. She said, we're going to have a carry-in. And I was like, carry-in? And she's like, no. <laughs> a carry-in. How much, said, how much bot would you pay for that over there? <clears throat> probably like probably like, like 100. <laughs> um, and she, she spelled it for me. And I said, what is that? And she said, it's when like everybody brings in different meals and then you share it. And I said, so it's a potluck or like a social. And she was like, no, it's called a carry-in. And I said, not in this world. And that's where, you know, that's where it initially started. Right. She says something else that's like fucked up too. Where it's not something that we say here, but it's also not something I've ever heard of before. Like she calls soda pop, which is fine because there's plenty of people that call things pop. Right. I think my grandmother called soda pop. Hmm. What are we talking about? I don't know. Weird things in the Midwest. Just living in the Midwest is weird. <laughs> like, why would you want to do it? Sorry, weird food of the Midwest. But um, I don't even see carrion like being used on like even Wiki doesn't have like carrion like listed as like some if kind you, of alternative. If you look, oh up no, pot- there it is. Sorry. If you look up potluck on Wikipedia, it's there. Okay, I found it. It's all buried. Like they just got a list right. of like here's these dumb terms that are used other than hold on. Pitch in shared lunch spread. Who just uses spread to talk like okay. I get it, but Faith Supper, carrying yeah. dinner. 
covered dish supper. I've heard it called that before. Really? Well, just just a covered dish. Well, I've heard the term covered dish before, but I haven't like ever heard it in terms of like the idea of communal gathering and like. Yeah, because the term is potluck, and that's right. the only acceptable term. Bottle? Right. That's uh, the. You know what? You're you're going down a rabbit hole. I already went <laughs> down. I don't need to go down it again. Yay! You're the one that brought it up. I did. I don't understand the Midwest anyway, or like why people would want to live there. Right. Like you get none of the benefits of anywhere that's good to live. You don't get good weather. It just snows. You have terrible food. There's nothing to do. You're like a million miles from any real significant body of water that matters. Uh, you, don't th- you don't think they have like good like barbecue and chili no, and stuff like that? No, no, no. They definitely do not have good chili. <laughs> okay, Midwest chili is disgusting. It's Why? not even chili. You know what it is? It's fucking tomato soup with weird shit in it. I don't know because they don't understand like spice or heat or flavoring. Like it's just it's it's just ground beef and tomato sauce. And then they put like fucking macaroni on top of it or spaghetti noodles or what? peanut butter. You know, like what the <laughs> fuck? Like it's just they're ridiculous out there. I, I hate hate the Midwest. <laughs> What's in the Midwest? Ohio, Indiana, Ugh. fuck out of here. I, <laughs> I mean, I've I don't know. Like I don't. I've never been to these places, so it's like like Kansas is the Midwest, right? There's nothing good in Kansas. I've been to Kansas. Nothing. I mean, like, like Missouri. Like, oh always... no, what is in Missouri? Missouri's awful. Is that the Midwest? I think yeah. Missouri is the South. What? it's next to illinois yeah whatever it's between illinois and kansas i think of it as it's like it's like it's directly next to the middle of this country i've said what i said (laughs) oh wait you said illinois or missouri missouri oh fuck missouri illinois is fine because have good barbecue apparently no it it does to people that live there Mm. here's a story right Mm-hmm. I don't know if you remember this. I had to go to fucking Colorado for work when I worked at the steel mill. So went to Pueblo, Colorado, you know, which is a place you always hear about on fucking Saturday morning cartoons because any goddamn mail away is coming from Pueblo, Colorado. It's true. Mm-hmm. So you go to this restaurant because they didn't want to go to fucking Applebee's because you know how I feel about Applebee's. Mm-hmm. If you don't know how I feel about Applebee's, there's a whole fucking episode that we could devote to Applebee's. <laughs> So you go to this restaurant that all the locals are like, the people at the mill we were at are like, oh, this restaurant's amazing. You should go there. It's like, all right, yeah, cool. We'll go. So we go and it's like, what's what's the thing to get here? Like, you know, what's the one thing that you want to get? Oh, we have this this green chili burger, like with this green chili sauce. It's so good. It sounds amazing, right? Like green chili sauce on a burger. Like you figure you're out in the mountains of Colorado. You're going to get some delicious, like fucking authentic, you know, like Native American chilies or whatever. Mm-hmm. It was fucking like a chili slushy. It was disgusting. And it was on this like poorly cooked fucking burger. And these people were all marking out and it was trash. You know what that taught me? Nobody has any taste when they only get like one thing. And they think that it's the best thing, but it's because they've never had anything good. Trash is fucking trash. And the Midwest is trash. And the barbecue in the Midwest is fucking trash. Barbecue that's good is in Kentucky barbecue or the Carolinas or Tennessee, whatever. That's good barbecue, you know? Or you come up to Maryland and get some goddamn pit beef, like a real fucking person. Not some trash-ass fucking sugar sauce from goddamn Missouri. St. Louis barbecue. Kiss my ass. Fucking fuck Cincinnati. Fuck St. I like Cincinnati. I I take that back. I'm sorry, Cincinnati. I didn't mean to disparage you. But that's where the Skyline Chili is from, and that shit is gross. Like, all this stuff that people, like, mark out over. When I was in Allentown, when I was working up there and I was, like, like living in Allentown, uh-huh. there's this hot dog restaurant in Allentown that's, like, fucking famous as shit up there, and everybody talks about how they want to go to this place. I wish I could remember what it was called. But it's, like, oh if if you're in town like there's billboards like if you're in town you got to go to this place this hot dog place you know world famous hot dogs man fucking trash 
Like Dairy Queen hot dogs are. Where bad. was this at? In Allentown. Um, yeah. yeah. But, but it's like this is the thing is that these people with no goddamn taste trying to tell you how something's good, but they don't fucking know shit about shit. I don't know. That's why am I? Why, why am I so? I I don't know why you're so angry. I'm just I'm just double checking to see the states where these um downloads are coming from. So all right, one look point, if you want to one point three percent from Ohio. So there goes. That's fine. We don't need that. <laughs> you don't need nothing from Ohio. Ohio is the trash of the trashiest trash states in the fucking country. Uh, it always feels like people from Ohio tend to agree with stuff like that because they know. Because be. you can't live there and think there's anything good about it. Like, people from Indiana are going to argue with you that Indiana's got something great when all that Indiana's got is fucking flatness and floods. Fuck Indiana. But people from Ohio will be like, yeah, we're, 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 we're pretty much just trash. Uh, um, what about appetizers next week? What do you want to get? <laughs> I meant as food chat we'll, we'll yeah, talk about fine. best best appetizers from different like uh restaurants there's funny appetizer stories too that i have man these people will not stop by um all right so we'll do appetizers next week i'll write it down so i don't forget here so we're gonna do full moon production and appetizers so i gotta go moon <laughs> Something to look forward to. All oh right. man! Well, spoiler alert! I just did it. <laughs> All right. So, thanks for listening, everybody. Um, talk to you uh, next Deuces. week.